Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. We have a defeat to talk about. Not many defeats to talk about this season, but we have one. Uh, one nil defeat away at Fleetwood Town in the ninety-something minute. There's a lot to cover. Um, we're also going to preview Lincoln City coming to town on Tuesday uh, for whatever time we have left at the end of the show. Um, we were meant to go and change for our lineup tonight. Ben is not with us yet. Ben will hopefully appear at some point. Who knows? It's Ben. Uh, but we have Mick with us. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, Danny got Alvin Glaves with us again. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. And Will Daniels is back as well. Will, thanks for joining us, Will. No problem. I, uh, I'm i sorry for, for missing out on the uh, the shirt brigade today. I realised that we were twinning last time, so I wanted it to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Safe bet, innit? <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with the off field stuff first let's get that talked about get out of the way and then we can get on to the on-pitch stuff uh it was a bit of an embarrassing day certainly before the, inside, inside the stadium certainly um the first incident was the people talking or shouting during the minutes silence danny i know you were, you were close to sort of the action just give us people for people that weren't there give everybody a rundown of the situation basically yeah, so a fair, fair number of fans were in the, the stadium before uh, well, before the warm-up had finished. And uh, granted, I think the majority of fans didn't know there was the remembrance thing for Fleetwoods. Um, but there was one guy who was a bit behind me. Um, they were talking really loudly when all the stadium started to go really quiet. And when the stadium goes quiet, you know something respectful is going to happen because that's that's like just what happens. Um, so everybody else had gone quiet and the, the, the remembrance thing on the board came up where all the Fleetwood fans had sadly passed away in the last year. Um, the majority of uh, the away end was silent, apart from this one fella who was still giving it large. And then he uttered the sentence, what are we all quiet for? And I think that was sort of boiled it over for a lot of people. Yeah. And so they were turning around telling him to shut the F up and everything. Um, and... In my opinion, from a fan perspective, they quite rightly 
um, started chanting that it was, you know, a, a W word afterwards. Um, that wasn't directed towards a Fleetwood end or anything. That was purely directed at this one fella. Um, and then the steward came in to sort him out as well. And so we were all um, chanting time to go because we honestly thought he was going to get kicked out for doing it, but he wasn't. Um, and I know a lot of people have said it was a lot of other fans as well, but it was primarily that one fella who was doing it and the other fans were just telling him to shut up. Um, so they were like trying to counter it by being loud to him so they could hear him and it all just sort of bubbled over. Um, but I am very happy that the club put out an apology statement afterwards. That was really, really classy from us because uh, Fleetwood deserved it. They deserved the apology from us. Um, and it's a shame that other clubs hadn't have done that if it was if it was our grounds. Because I remember when we played the play around Remembrance Day, was it Sunderland? Mm. When we did one of the Remembrance things and one of their fans were making a lot of noise. Yeah, and end of October, yeah, Sunderland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get an apology from Sunderland from that. So I'm really impressed that the clubs put out an apology very, very quickly. And all I can say to any Fleetwood fans who have tuned in to this live stream or watch it in future, we are really sorry about that. It's the minority upsetting the values that we stand for at this club and it's a shame that they let themselves down not just with that but with what happened after the game both inside and outside as well which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second yeah yeah it's one of those frustrating we know at New York Stadium when other way fans are in the concourse and they can't hear the outside I can sort of give a little bit of a pass for that because they don't know what's happening they're in the concourse they're away from the field they can't they can't see it and understand it if you were inside a stadium in the terrace and you can see that everybody's not doing, not saying and standing still and being quiet, you are clearly an idiot. Um, let's not let's not hold back on it. Uh, Will, you were there as well, mate. Just I assume you're just echoing what Danny's just said. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what what more I can add to the yeah. situation. To be honest, um, I got the feeling that the fan didn't understand why uh, the minute silence was going on, despite the fact that. There were numerous faces on the uh, on the LCD screen mm. telling telling us when they died and how old they were. Um, from from us to, to Fleetwood, we can only apologise for for the situation. That doesn't represent the 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 strong majority of uh, of the club. And I know a lot of the commu- commotion was caused probably by people telling this guy to be quiet. Um, so. Yeah, um, disappointing moment for the club, I think, there. Uh, we just have to learn from it. Yeah, yeah, we do. Mick, anything to add? No, I don't see the point in giving people like this any airtime, to be honest with you. Yes, I agree. We've got a few comments. We will go through as many as we can. Henry Cobbett is a disgrace. The support uh, from Race Medal is more sure there's a disrespect in its silence. should be banned for life. No place in it for football. It makes me sure to be a Miller. Um, Jake Kilburn. Always the small minority. In this case, it was one guy that ruined it. It's embarrassed to be a meal because the incidents are truly, are truly a disgrace. It's not what Rotherham United is all about. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. So, like we've all mentioned, the, the statement after the game was timely, correct, and and I think ninety nine percent of Rotherham fans back it up. I think that's fair. And I think just the one thing that I, I would add to that is, you know, as human beings, we all make mistakes, don't we? So I think it'd be really nice if if the fan uh, were to come out and, and send his apologies to Fleetwood publicly as well. I don't know whether that's happened or not yet. I've not seen anything, but if that uh, could be the case, that'd be that'd be great. 
from my perspective, I've, I'd really like that. I know everyone's, everyone's got different viewpoints, mm. but I think it'd be really respectful to do so. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Um, now we're going to skip forward the 90 minutes and we'll come back to the football again in a minute because there's some more nonsense to talk about in the away end. Fans fighting between themselves. Um, this is a slight problem that's crept up in the past two or three years for me. Um, it seems to be happening more and more when we don't win. And I'm really confused as to why it suddenly started happening. I find it really frustrating. I feel really angry about it that fans can't control themselves one another. You clearly can't have a conversation or a heated discussion, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just embarrassing. Again, Danny, again, from your point of view, what 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 the hell happened? Um, hey, Benzie. Um, from my perspective, what happened was that some of the fans were booing the players, um, mm. which... I think was a little bit unjustified because we didn't especially play poorly. We just didn't win, like you say. Um, so there were a few people booing and then there were some people kicking off because they were booing and then they were kicking off back at them and that's sort of where it all bubbled over in the away end at least. Um, but again, you know, if if you can't like respect other people's opinion, if someone wants to boo, it's not really your God-given right to stop them booing because that's their opinion on whatever happened after the game. Whether you think it's right or not, that's your own opinion. But you don't fight with someone for having a different opinion to you. You know, I mean, granted, you can fight on social media about it, which makes it a little bit less um, physical. Well, it doesn't make it physical at all, actually. But to try and have a fight with someone because they're booing and you don't think it's right, just respect where their headspace is and just go home. You know what I mean? You've lost a football game, but fighting about it afterwards doesn't change the result of the football game. You know what I mean? If, if you've lost and you want to boo and you don't like someone booing, either just move away from them or just go out the ground and call them idiot onto Twitter or whatever afterwards. Um, but to have a physical fight with someone, because there was a physical fight at the front of the stand and then there were one about halfway up for people booing. And I, th and I think it's just an over-exelous person who's high on beer and testosterone just wanting to like voice their opinion back, but because you've just lost, you're all hyped up anyway and annoyed, so it just all sort of bubbles over. Whether that makes it right is, well, it's not right, it's wrong. Yeah. But to just like go, oh, I'm going to start swinging punch at you because you said I shouldn't boo, but I have done. <clears throat> and then you get people caught up in the crossfire because there were a young lass who got mm. hit with a flying fist inside the ground. She's come out on Twitter and, and voiced herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so fair play to her for coming forward about it, and all can we can say is we're sorry it's happened to you, um, because it's it's not right this happened, and if Fleet would have the CCTV in the away end, which I'm sure they will do, they could take it further. We could take it further. We could try and explore which fans were the um, perpetrators to use the big word for it, but it's just it's just silly behaviour, isn't it? And at the end of the day, it's silly behaviour and it shouldn't happen. If you can't take a loss going to football, you don't go to football. It's not the sport for you. It's a win, loss or draw sport. If you can't hack it when you're losing, you don't go. Yeah. And we're Rotherham United. We're going to lose games of football. It's going to happen. Yeah. We're not Man yeah, we're, City, we're, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, we've got a few comments. We'll keep going through because I think a lot of people have got a lot to say on this and fan show and all that type of stuff. Um, Jacob Kilburn's got two points. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't clearly couldn't handle the booze yesterday. Truly embarrassing. Oh, to disgrace the minority of fan base are an absolute waste of oxygen. 
Um, it was like it was like Rochdale all over again. The idiots who just wanted to cause trouble and wanted to have a scrap. But it's not just Rochdale. I think I remember Wigan this year. There were some issues. You can go back a bit further, a few years. There's been other games where this is happening. Mick, go on. <laughs> well, it's a common theme, isn't there? It's a common theme at the games that it happens at. It's when we lose. Yeah, nobody, nobody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a lot. There's a. It, this is a massive issue. It's not just, and it's just not rather not just Rotherham United related. It's not even just football related, is it? You know, it's it's just a culture all 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 across the country. Um, but but when bringing it back to Rotherham United, it, I, I find it really difficult. I, I, obviously, Rochdale last year was was really the first time I became aware of it, and and. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, maybe it's an age thing as far as I'm concerned, but I've seen Rotherham lose probably more times than I've seen him win, I would imagine, over the years. Um, and, and even as a child, I don't think I've ever cried about Rotherham United losing. I have. <laughs> I know you... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, but, but that's essentially what these people are doing, you know? Mm. It, and, and I don't know whether it's just a whether it's a, a modern day thing, a social media thing, or whatever you know. And maybe it's my generation's responsibility about how we brought us kids up, telling them how brilliant and special they are, and then they can't act being able to. You can't act it when they don't get what they want. Um, couple that with a, a belly full of belly full of beer that they can't take as well, and they just behave like like little kids, stamping their feet and. Lashing out at anybody that don't get what they want—it's just pathetic. But it is pathetic, you know. If you're going to go to a football match wanting a scrap, then then you're a moron. In the true sense of the word, I don't mean in the insulting sense of the word. I mean in the actual sense of the word, you're a cretin, and and and, and you deserve everything that you get. And 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 for, for me, that sort of approach to to football. To Friday night, Saturday night, <coughs> and everything else, it's an approach that's pretty much common to this country, really, all across the country, you know. And and this just played out in a football uh, football stadium yesterday, but it plays out across the country week after week after week because little boys can't take the beer, and little girls at times as well. Um, and I find it, I find it. Sickening to be honest with you, it's associated with my club as well. It's associated with my club that, that I've lost two games in 25. Two games in 25, and you're stamping your feet and lashing out at people who are supposed to be on the same side as you because you can't take a bit of a defeat. I'm sorry, I am really, really sorry, but it, it, it can't get any more pathetic, really, can it? That sort of behavior mm. and and. I don't know. From my point of view as well, all, all I would add to that is that, like I say, it plays out across the country, plays out countrywide. And we're on Sunday night now, we're recording this on Sunday night, and I can absolutely guarantee you this, that as a result of that very self-same kind of behaviour, somewhere in the country this weekend, somebody's currently mourning the loss of somebody who's been punched, kicked or whatever, and has subsequently died as a result of that happening. A one punch, a one kick or whatever from some drunken tit out on a Friday or Saturday night or at a football match or whatever and there's a family losing a family member. 
It happens time and time and time and time again, weekend after weekend after weekend. And you know, when you've seen the other side of that, it, it makes it even more sickening and more disappointing and more just, it's just a sorry, sorry state of affairs, these people. And I don't want to do with these people. I don't want anything to do with my club. And what if it were me, if I'd seen those people and I knew they were, and I had footage of them, I would be the first person. I'd be queuing up to grass them up 100%, absolutely 100%. So if, if I'm ever at a match and it happens in front of me, mate, whoever you are, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm, I'm grassing you up, pal. End of. Yeah, that's right. And I take pride in it as well because you don't deserve to be at football matches. That's right. Well, one thing I will say, like with the whole recording it when it happens and everything, I saw a lot of noise on social media about, oh, we've got all these these vlogging teenagers and stuff at the club. They, right. why, why hasn't any footage appeared? For a start, I'm not a teenager, by the way. I'm in my 20s, <laughs> so just to put that out there. But secondly, I know the other vloggers who were with Rotherham United, and they are really sound lads. But I think it was the initial shock that it had happened, which is why none of the phones were out. Because it's like... Why? What? What are you kicking off? We've lost a football game, and like you said, first one in twenty-five, uh, second one in twenty-five. <laughs> I think it was the initial shot why it's not been caught on camera, at least from the fan perspective, anyway. Um, but it's in terms of people on social media, don't have a go at the lads who like to do vlogging and such for not recording it when we've been caught <laughs> off guard doing it anyway. Sorry about the phone ringing in the background. Um, it'll, it'll be my granddad saying, "Where's his tea?" But anyway. Um, but yeah, but like, don't have a go at people who haven't recorded it just because they haven't recorded it or there's no footage out there because there is, it's just not in the fan circles. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, also bear in mind that I think people don't do these vlogs and think that you just record the full 90 minutes. It is, it's you, you, you record the key moments and then put them together like that. I think that's possibly why they're maybe slightly uneducated on how the process works, hopefully, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Not good. You guys have already mentioned the, the last that got caught up in it. There was somebody saying an older, older fan got caught up in it as well. It's just, I just can't, I can't comprehend it. You know, other people go to football for different reasons. I can't comprehend going to a football game. I, me and Mick and me and Mick sit together, and we've I've had disagreements with other fans, semi-heated disagreements with other fans. I have never felt the need to punch somebody, and I hope that the other other fan I disagree with has not felt the need to punch, try and punch me. I've certainly not experienced it. Um, and that's why I say it's a, for me it's a relatively new issue. I've been following Rotherham for whatever twenty five years, whatever it is now. Rochester, I think maybe Doncaster that season was the first time I heard of that that those fans properly fighting with each other. So it is relatively new, and I don't really understand it. And I don't, I don't get it. Um, but my, that might be me, me, me being naive. I don't know. Um, ben, you joined fairly late, but have you got anything to add on? Fan behaviour from yesterday's game inside the stadium, I, and I, I don't know what happened, so I don't really want to comment on it. So I have no idea what happened. I like your style. Very <laughs> political. I like your style. Try not to speak. <laughs> speak I'm in big trouble. It's like a juice where you just sit there and goes, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else anybody to add on the minority of fan behaviour before we move on to the, the soccer? Troll. Um, other than, other than the <laughs> grow up, yeah. Other than the stuff that happened outside the ground, which is equally as upsetting, but also from a Fleetwood perspective as well. It's like, lads, you've won the football game. Take the pride of doing that mm. and go on with it. You know, do do what you will with that victory in your own time. 
but don't like come and meet the Rotherham fans just to gloat. You know what I mean? That's mm. poor sportsmanship from their end. Um, it was strange because as, as I've come out the ground, it were a fair walk to the coaches, but we didn't actually know where they, they, where our coach had been parked. Because I think there was the supporters coach um, and then a couple other pubs that have gone. But our, our Kimmy Park bus was way down the road. So when we first came out, we didn't know where it was. Um, but then we just sort of see these two lines of fans coming at each other. And it looked like something out of the American Revolutionary War. There were just two two lines of fans stood at each other like that. And they were both, I don't know if they were both sort of scared to throw punches at each other. Mm. Um, it, 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 was, it was strange. It was strange. And then coppers come out to try and break it up. But then people were breaking through their line because there were only a few of them. Um and I was just stood back, like just watching it. It was like being at the zoo. It was like a zoo performance show. What were happening <laughs> on the road? And it, it was silly behaviour. Um, and there were some like there were some fans stood off to the side from both sides, just sort of intermingling with each other, both looking at each other, going, "What's that? Why is this happening?" Mm. You know what I mean? It's silly. I mean, we said before we went live that Fleetwood had an issue with Accrington early in the season when Accrington went. So I don't know if this is an in-house issue with Fleetwood and we've risen to it, or if it was just the butting of heads together. Um, well, their chairman's son is one of these, isn't he? Their chairman's son's been involved in this sort of stuff in the past. Oh, has he? Uh, both on social media and, and in real life, is, is my understanding. Um, ah. So, you know, maybe it comes from top of, of Fleetwood, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But the information I've had is that he's uh, he's been involved in that kind of stuff. So, well, hope, hopefully it's, it's not a, a filtered-down thing from the leadership that's causing this new um, who knows? thought process. But uh, I hope it isn't, but like you say, who knows? But for us to react to it, I think ju it's just a follow-on from in the stands. That was just a full-heater argument thing of it. Mm. But um, it, it, you don't really want to see it afterwards because I think the only time fans have really like, sort of clashed after a game of football this season was against... Bolton away, I think, and that was just their fans on a grass verge, and the coppers sent them away into the nearest pub. But with this one, it it felt weirder because no one really wanted to get involved with the other one; they just sort of just stood there. Mm. And then, obviously, the heated fans came out from us, and then swingings happened, and then they reacted, and it, it, it was just a mess. And I think the quicker it gets dealt with by the right people the quicker we can move on from it because i want to move on from it because it was a, a black mark this season i think so let's just put it to bed and move on from it people were people were wrong get them the right um reaction from the right people and let's just move on i think yeah one last comment and then we are going to move on from nad and this is for about mid silence Having I mean, I mean, laid to having I mean, laid his dad to rest the day before he found the disrespect shown to the fleetwood fans more in loss of their own to be offensive and I hope that's stamped out. Sorry if you lost R&D. And that's that's the key. That's one of the points. If anybody is sitting there listening and watching, thinking, I don't understand why people are upset about it. That's why people are upset about it. You, you were talking through the respect shown to somebody's dad, son, wife, daughter, whatever. That's why people don't like it. That's what grates people. I don't think many people will not understand. But if you are one of those, that's why. Um, right. 22 minutes is far too long to spend on that. So let's talk about football. <laughs> Uh, which is not going to be much more positive. Guys, <laughs> <yeah>. um, <laughs> Let's go back to talking about what happened afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's start, mate. With you. It was 
something wasn't quite right. I don't. It was a. I can't. I still put my finger on exactly what was what wasn't right, but something wasn't right for the full ninety for me. Um, difficult to say, to be honest. I thought uh, we, as a as a collective, we've not gave Fleetwood anywhere near enough credit for the performance they put they put in yesterday defensively. Um, you know they've got. Uh, a few issues defensively, but they just fetched in uh, Zach Jules. Uh, Nciala came on at, uh, mm. at half time, I think, um, and they changed to a back three second half, which caused caused us uh, a few issues. I think um, we we had the majority of the ball, we had the majority of the bigger chances, uh, and for whatever reason, unfortunately, yesterday wasn't our day. I mean, I, I recorded that. We put 40 crosses into the box yesterday. Um, only nine of them were accurate. So the issue yeah. probably, uh, you know, that final third, which we've seen over the last month or so, um, and obviously not taking the big chances when, when they've come. But overall, I think Warney said it in his, uh, in his presser, um, you know, if it's 85th minute and we go away and we, we steal, um, steal a goal from somewhere... We look at it and say it's three points, and and we mm. got away with one sort of thing, but we didn't. And the goal that we did concede, probably the most frustrating out of the lot, given how how much we pride ourselves on set pieces. Um, really disappointing goal to concede, but for me, not as as bad uh, as some people have made out. If I'm honest, um, mm. still uh, some stuff that we need to to change, but. That's uh, that's why it's good that we've got you know Saturday Tuesday games to build start building momentum again and you know look at what happened after Fleetwood last time. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, we talked on last show about would it be Wiles or sadly starting. It was Wiles because sadly I had to pull out because of an injury in training on Friday. Um, Greg started, Greg started up top Mick, and I don't know what you thought. I thought he had a. It was pulled off at half time, which is another topic. But I thought Grig looked very dangerous. I thought Smith and Grig in the first half linked up pretty well. I think Smith sort of lost that in the second half. Again, another topic. But first half, we did look dangerous. Although it was a bit spotty and a bit patchy, we still we, we were the better team. Yeah, we were. We were the better side. I think we were the better side for the full 90 minutes, pretty much. But we were toothless, weren't we? We were toothless. Yeah. I mean, I, I accept Griggy. We did hit the bar, or, or just over the, over the bar, or whatever, and um, and then and then missed an absolute sitter from a, across from Chio. I accept he were mm. off balance and um, and everything else, but um, but we were toothless, and I, I can see why Warney wanted to change it at half time. I'm not saying it was the right decision, but I could see I can see the sort of thought process that that were going through his mm. mind. Um, do we try something? Let's try something different up there. Let's see if we can make something happen. But um, it, it were a toothless performance all told, right the way across the park, really. Um, and it's gone back to those, you know, Port Vale Pizza Cup type performance where we're just a bit lacklustre and a bit. We're allowing the other team to dictate the pace of the game, aren't we? Mm. You know. Um, so, nah, it was just a, a poor all-round performance for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with Grig. I, th I thought Grig was good. I, th I, I didn't get Grig coming off. I, it was sort of working. Grig was getting those chances. The whole point of Will Grig in your team is he's getting chances. 
Ah, oh, yeah, all right. He should have done better. Certainly with the way he chested wide, which is still not sure why he chested it. Um, but he was getting into those dangerous positions. He had a shot on the edge of the area, which was cleared. Pretty good clearance as well. That didn't make any sense to me. Yes, I know JJ does give you something different, and he brings a bit more physicality. But if Will Griggs getting in those positions, he's going to score eventually. He's, that's the type of guy he is. Um, and I didn't really get the substitution, Danny. Uh, Mick's, I, I, I see what Mick's saying, but I am on the opposite opposite side of that. I mean, I'd just come back from getting my me, uh, me Bovril when we just kicked off. <laughs> and we, we had a chance up there and, then I, and I saw JJ was on and it's like, it was took off for JJ and it was Greg and it was like, Really? Mm. I mean, and Warney only made one substitution through the mm. game, which I'm sure is another point we can talk about. But like you say, with Will Grigg, he's that sort of striker that he knows where to be to score goals because he's, he's proven it. But I don't know, it almost seems like he hasn't had the proper run out this yeah. season. I think has he, has he played a full 90 for us this season? Be amazed, it, it, I will have a look for it, you. If, if he has, it's like only one or two. Um, so I personally would like to see Griggy have a full 90 just to see what he can conjure. Um, I mean, the Freddy situation speaks for itself and Warney has admitted that it is that situation why he didn't come on during the game. Uh, so I can understand him wanting to bring JJ on, but it's almost like he's done it too soon. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean for all we know, Griggy could have picked up a minor injury in the first half and he's took him off because we've got the depth in the squad to not risk it completely. Uh, with another game coming up Tuesday, um, that that could be a possibility. But if that isn't the case, I would have left Greg on for bare minimum sixty minutes and then started swapping and changing towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, th- I think Greg needs a d- decent run out. A decent run out. He's got the chance to be in the squads in the starting eleven more often because of the Freddie situation. But he needs the time on the pitch. To do it, it's all well and good doing it in the pizza cup, but he needs it in the league. You know, give him a full ninety against Lincoln if he's if he's fit enough, or do it against Cheltenham. Give him the run out, and if if he don't if he don't create anything during the full ninety, right, fair enough. We can understand why people have been calling him a bit crap on social media, but give him the run out. Let him show us what he can do in a full ninety minutes, and then we can form an opinion from that. And Warnie can as well. Mm. Yeah, the most amount of minutes he's played is seventy eight minutes against Bolton. At Bolton, uh, it's yeah. all 71, 78, 66, 68. It's somewhere between 60 and seven in late 70s. He's played mostly, um, yeah. Like, like I say, give him, give him a full 90. I mean, one, he's not afraid to take Smithy off, we, we've seen that, but we've not really seen Grig and Coyote up front, you know, because Coyote's mm. a very physical player who likes to run about. And chase after the ball like he did when he came on. No, no disrespect to JJ, he did very well when he came on. He did pursue the ball. He was pressing well. Maybe not as as um, as much chance creation as we would have liked from JJ. Um, but I, I don't know. Let JJ and Grig play alongside each other. You never know. We haven't seen it this mm. season. But I think Grig needs the full ninety at least once <laughs> this season. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Giving it at least once. If he's now that we know he's on loan for the season, give him it. At least once, please, mm. please, Warner, give me ninety minutes once, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he's overthought it. I think that's probably the problem. Um, and sometimes the simplest solution is keep him on. Sometimes the simplest solution is don't change anything. Uh, ben, I know you're in my camp. We we both agreed yesterday that 
Smith and Grigg looked up very well. Um, what was your assessment of the second 45 minutes without Grigg? Uh, I mean, the result speaks for itself, really. I mean, yeah, the result, the, the result speaks for itself. Um, I think I'm not trying, I don't want to disrespect JJ. I think he could be a good player, but I think we're being blinded by the fact that he's an academy player. I think he's performing no better than Kuroma did when he signed for us, if I'm being honest. Different I position, but I know what you mean, yeah. Not mm. Kuroma. Let me think of someone else. You know what I mean, though? I think he's George S. I think being blinded by the fact that he's an academy player, I don't think he's that good at the minute. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why he took him off. Um, you know, we'll never know why he took him off. Uh, could have been injury. More than likely, it's injury, but you don't know, do you? But yeah, mm. do we even have a highlight in the second half? I haven't watched the highlights back. Do we even have a, a shot? Did did we? Can't remember anything. So. Yeah. It kind of speaks for itself here, doesn't it? But there was there was no real shot. There were certainly chances in the box, but mm. there was no <clears throat> like Mick said, it was a very toothless second half with no real attempt at goal. There were chance creation, but no real attempt at goal, which I think a team who wants to be up and around the automatics needs to improve upon very, very quickly, don't we? Mm. Yeah, I think you've been harsh on JJ there, Ben. I know what you're saying. I, I get I your point. Well, well, look at it. I see your point. I think maybe we, I think maybe we, we think he's better than he is at the minute. I think we'll see maybe he's his potential. But to compare him to George Urs is very harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I think next yeah. time he plays, look at it in the perspective of we've just signed him on loan from someone else. It, it, he's he's it a good player, and he's, he's got he's got the tools. The issue for me is that. He isn't as clever yet as Will Grigg. The, he never will be. He's one, not that type of player, I don't think. It's one of those catch 22s. He could be as clever as Grigg, but he needs to play. But he needs to play, to, but he isn't as clever. It, it, you're then stuck in a bit of a circle. He's not good enough. He, he's not clever enough because he needs to play. We can't play him because he's not clever enough. But then he, he needs to play to get clever. It's just yeah, he's not playing because he's not circle. good enough. I think, I think with That's JJ, he's in, he's in the unfortunate position where. He's in a promotion-pushing side, but he's at the stage in, in his career where he needs on the on the pitch, on yeah. the job experience with us to further his development. And sometimes it won't be as, as sharp on the ball as, as other strikers who have been playing football nearly as long as he's been alive, you know. Mm. Um, but he learns that on the pitch, you know, from Greg, Ladipo and Smith. And they, they can help him as much as they can in training with it. But at the end of the day, he needs to learn on the pitch as well, and in the in the game situations, they're totally different in training. Um, but like, I'm, I'm with you, Max. Comparing him to George George Hurst time with us is a little bit harsh, but I see the point that you're making with it. You know, if you t- if you take away the aspect that he's an academy player, you can judge it differently. But in terms of we all know what he is capable of because we have seen it. We've seen it against Crew. We've seen it in the games that he's played in. He is a very good player. But sometimes his greenhornness, if that's a word, it's not a word, but you know what I mean, that sort of comes through a little bit stronger than his ability that we know he's got. And But that's just because he's breaking through into the team this season. It, it's teething problems. That's it. It's teething problems. That's what it is. Teething problems. I think yeah. just, just on that, um, so Coyote's been 
been in the squad because Warney thinks he's good enough. So mm. I think to compare yeah. him to, to George Hurst is a little bit harsh based on, on what he's done. He's, he's learning from two of the best strikers that you could possibly learn from in in Will Grigg, who's been you know one of the best League One goal scorers of, of all time, mm. and Michael Smith, which is probably one of the best EFL target men, is he not? So that's why he's in the squad and, and still around at Rotherham United. Just nipping back to Grigg, if, if I can, um, obviously missed two big, big opportunities in the game yesterday, and that'll that'll have uh, formed some of the opinion as to uh, why he came off from Warney. For me, when we've been at our best this this season, um, you know, Matt, you mentioned that he played 70-odd minutes at, at mm. Bolton or whatever, and then there were 70-odd and 60-odd after that. That's when Rotherham United have been at their best, have they not? So, yeah. for me... I would like to see Griggy now get four or five games under his belt where we say, you're the main man, you're going to uh, you know, play the majority of these games, show us what you can do, rather than fetch him, fetching him on for 20 or 30 minutes, expecting him to just get a, get a goal because momentum is, is everything in football. Um, you know, we've got all these games coming, coming back to back and if he can you know, grab one on Tuesday, who's to say that he can't then go and bag and bag a couple on, on Saturday and, and continue. Let's face it, he came out of the, the, the side initially because, you know, we were playing Sunderland and Freddie had to yeah. play. Otherwise, he would have still been inside, would he not? Yeah, it would, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then, then you've got to question how much the Freddie situation is then affecting the substitutes. Clearly, if you don't want to play Greg for 90 minutes, that's fine. Freddie's yeah. your logical sub. He's a logical swap. And I get why he's not playing Freddie. And I agree with it to an extent. But then that's, again, maybe complicating Warney's thinking that, oh, well, you know, JJ wants to be here for the long term, so I want to help JJ play. Freddie is the logical op- option, but then bringing Freddie on is maybe causing, you know, back in a boo or two, which then causes more disruption. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I know we're probably about to come on to uh, substitution, so apologies if I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. Okay. Um for me, we, we got that bench wrong completely yesterday. If you're mm. saying to me that uh, Freddie Ladapo isn't going to be coming onto the pitch because you don't want to play him, why is he in the match day squad? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Would you not have rather had Mikel Miller on the pitch? Yeah. Um, or, or someone like that that could affect the game? Um, the game was won and lost yesterday by one manager making... You know the right decisions, the right substitutions, and one not doing it. And you know, I've been the first. I am the most Paul Warning guy that you'll meet. But yesterday he got it wrong, and I've got to call that out because I've been the first person to call it out when he's got it right as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I thought it was a very strong bench, but there weren't many attacking options. Mm-hmm. You had Freddie JJ. That's it. The rest were basically defensive options. Even your midfielder at Dolphin is a defensive midfield option. Um, and like I 100% agree, it, Paul One essentially came out post match and said it wasn't going to put Freddie on the pitch. That's basically what he said without saying those yeah. actual words. That's basically what he said. Well, then why is he there? Um, frustrating, Mick. Thoughts on the substitution because to make one, he's tied himself, he ties one hand behind his back with substitutions because of who is named on the bench, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why Mikel Miller wasn't on the bench. I assume, I assume it's because of injury rather than anything else. He's, he's, maybe he's not recovered fully from the injury that he had. So I'm not going to get triggered and exercised by the fact that 
Freddie Ladapo on bench and didn't get used. I think we've got bigger fish to fry. We've got bigger things to worry about than whether Freddie gets a game or not. We've yeah. got better players than Freddie Ladapo. Despite the fact he's played well, and I'm not that's not a dig at Freddie in any way, shape or form. Uh, we've got players that are just as capable of performing the role and possibly more capable of performing the role that Freddie can play. So I'm not going to start whinging and whining whether he's on bench or whether he isn't on bench. You know, if he's on the bench in case, we do need to put him on. If we get two strikers injured, we're going to need to put him on. Other than that, you know, just like the goalkeeper, you know, the goalkeeper's not going to get a game. We know he's not going to come on. Victor, Victor's on bench, he's not going to come on. Why put him on there? Well, he might get injured. You know what I mean? He might need to. So, so that that that's that side of it. So, yeah, I think he got it wrong. I don't. I think he could have made some other substitutions as well. But where would you have made those substitutions realistically yesterday that were going to give us any more sort of attacking bite? You know, to take a midfielder off and put Freddie on with two other strikers, it's not going to give us any more attacking bite realistically. Um, for me, I don't know. The, the, the game was lost just by a general overall lack of any sort of bite from anywhere it, it was just a i don't know i don't know it was it was it was poor it was a, just an overall poor performance and i don't think that there would have been any any anybody he could have brought on certainly from the name substitutes that would have really made a great deal of difference no in my view fair enough um, Steve Cooper in the comments Wiles was poor, Rathen was poor, Ballers Wiles was excellent, Jake and Grove at half time was puzzling, let's find somebody to get some praise to Danny because Ballas was excellent, some of the passes they were spraying about yesterday were mm -hmm. out of this world at times, so that's the praise we can find I suppose Yeah, and I think uh, Shane Ferguson down the left hand side did very well too, uh, I mean there weren't that like uh, the comment says there weren't that many options for our man of the match, but for me it was between Ferguson and Barlasser. Ferguson was very good down the left-hand side. Uh, it was very physical down the left-hand side as well. Uh, like we've said, Barlasser was spraying balls out like they were laser-guided again. Um, and I think to call Wiles and Rathbun poor, I think he's a bit strong. Um, but the way we, we talked about on the preview, Fleetwood have gone very midfield-orientated. Um, so again, I don't think it's a case of them completely being rubbish. I think it's a case of they were just taking out the game, but that then falls back to us like we need to switch it. Then you know, and that, and that was my argument for Sadlier coming into the team. I might add, um, <laughs> but then it almost feels like a perfect storm because Sadlier was the one to change the way we operated in midfield, and he picked up an injury in training. Um, there was, like we said, with the Freddie situation, it don't really matter for us because he's there as a just in case, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. It, it comes into that thing of none of us five are football managers. We can talk as much as we like about what we would have done, but we're never football. We won't be football managers. We don't have our UA for B licence, at least, anyway, do we? Um, one, one thing I will comment on is a lot of people giving Chio a bit of stick for going down too easily in certain situations. Now, the penalty chance, we discuss this on the bus, as Will will say, I don't think it's a penalty. Looking back at it, I don't think it's a penalty. Um, the QPR one was more of a penalty, to quote our friend Michelle Rocket. Um, and I'm, I agree. I think the QPR one was more of a blatant penalty, whereas this one he sort of outstrengthened him to the ball. So I think the ref's got it right. He gave a stupid corner in the first half, which wasn't the corner, but anyway. Um, 
But with Gio going down too easily, no. You know what I mean? No. Gio's like the winger that feels contact and it disrupts his the way... I don't put it. It disrupts balance. his movement. Yeah, balance. That's it. It disrupts his balance, and that's why he goes to the floor because of how pacey he is. That's what pacey wingers do. In the Premier League is a bit more theatrical. Um, yeah. but in but in but in League One, you are the sort of player that doesn't go down under a challenge easily if you're in a successful side. Like Chio is with us. I mean, we gave Shane Ferguson a bit of stick when he went down too easily, and our own players gave him stick for going down too easily. Um, so if Chia was going down too easily, then why would he not be getting stick for it in the same sense that yeah. Ferguson got stick for it? Um, I, I don't know, I think it was picking at straws like who, who can we lay the blame on who's at fault? And I agree, I think in this instance it was Warney making the mistake with the substitutions. But like Will says, I'm the guy that supports through uh, Paul Warren through thick, thick and thin. I think. To say he was just thrust into the managerial role, he has done very well with us, Ante. Yeah. Um, but he just gets it a little bit wrong sometimes. Go on, Mill. I think one of the things that you have to mention there is, you know, Wardy's come out and owned the fact that he got it wrong yesterday. And I, I absolutely yeah. love that. That's the most yeah. important thing. Like, so. when you do get it wrong, just, just say it is as it, as it, as it is. Um, yeah, but not really much more that I, I can add, to be honest, apart mm. from that little, little, little bit there. Why yeah. do we have to blame anybody for it? Yeah. Well, Why you, we, you know what I mean. You, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's talking about what went wrong. It's not. It's not necessarily saying you are craps. Although, yeah, no, no, do I, do, I don't mean yeah. us, um, us particular, yeah. specifically us. Just yeah. in general, you know, that the, mm. social media is all over. Oh, it's Chio's fault. It's Warney's fault. It's Wales's fault. It's his fault. Her fault. We're lost. Get over and it. With with the greatest respect, you know, it, it comes back to what we were talking about with the fan uh, issues that we've had off the pitch, actually. We've, we've got to look at our job as, as football supporters <laughs> and our job is to support the team. It's yeah. not our job to, to analyse and all that sort of thing because that's why we've got a first-team analyst. He'll do that yeah. for you. Like, and they'll listen to him a lot more than they listen to, you know, with the greatest respect, any of us on here or... So oh, what? I know. Really what? Um, oh, come on, Will. <laughs> so, I mean... It's our job to make sure that we we get behind the players hundred percent, whether we're winning, losing, or drawing. Um, which is why I think yesterday's reaction from some supporters was was frustrating. But we we live and learn, don't we? Um, but I think yeah. from Chio, actually, that's what I wanted to say. I think sometimes we're asking him to do far too much, and that's why people get frustrated because mm. so many times yesterday there was a ball out to, to the right-hand side where we'd say to him, right, OK, you're on halfway line, you've got three men to be and then put a cross in and it's going to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, you're going to get criticised for it. <laughs> I think, for me, Danny, I, I disagree with what you said. I think uh, Rathbone and Wiles were both off it yesterday, um, which, you know, they've been unbelievable at points this season, so not too much criticism, but... Overall, if you look at it, you know, if Griggy takes those two chances first half, we're not we're not talking about Wiles and Rathbone, are we? We're talking about three points. So I don't think we're a million miles away from where we wanted to be yesterday. It's just little things that we need to change. Um, and I'm sure the, the management team will be working doubly hard to make sure it's spot on for, for Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I look, I was a bit interested too, because fans get frustrated, oh, we lost to a team like Fleetwood, or we lost to a team like Accrington. And I get that, but 
I did a bit of research, which I know is unusual for this podcast, but I have done a bit of research. I looked back at Hull last season. Hull went up as champions in League One. Uh, they lost to Fleetwood. They lost 4-1 to Fleetwood, who finished 15th. They lost to Shrewsbury, who finished 19th. They lost to Swindon, who got relegated. They lost to Accrington, who finished 11th. And lost to Burton, who finished 16th. We're going to lose to teams that you may consider, we may consider to be rubbish. That don't mean we can't go up and win the league. It's part of football. And Fleetwood at the moment, you know, I think they were fourth bottom yesterday. I don't know whether if, if they've dropped, uh, jumped up, but... Uh, I think they're, they're 18th you know, now. 19th, thanks for that. Um, just like, there's no team in this league or in any professional league that's just going to roll over and say, ha, you're Rotherham United, you can have three yeah. points. Like, it, it's stupid to expect that, to be honest. Um, and as I said at the start of the, the programme... I don't think we gave Fleetwood enough credit for how good they were uh, off the ball defensively. They got their, their subs absolutely spot on. They changed their shape in that second half and caused a few issues. Um, and they'll do that to a lot of other sides. And f- from us and our perspective now, let's hope they go and do it to some of these top six, mm. top eight sides and help us out. I think that's really unfair, Will, that. and I, I don't agree with you, mate. And next time I see you, because I don't agree with you, I'm going to have to punch you in the face. It's just, you know what I mean? To be honest, mate, you won't get any person. No, no. Oh, dear. Um, let's, uh, a couple of people asking about Jamie Lindsay, Ben. Um, Jamie says on here, don't think Wilds is at the start, had him in great spot the way. Plays the fouls too easily. We need a Jamie Lindsay in midfield. Stephen Adams also says, when he mentioned Jamie Lindsay, could he have made a difference? Um, for me, Ben, he wouldn't replace Ben Wilde. I'd rather see him post Rathbone, maybe. But where, where are you? Because we've not seen much of Lindsay recently. Depends on the game plan. They're two different players. So it depends on the game plan, doesn't it? Mm. Um, which I obviously can't comment on because I'm not in the facility and I'm not. Cop out. Well, I mean, if you if you you can play you play Lindsay for one game plan and play Wilds for another because they're two different players. So if you're going for a more aggressive, then you play Lindsay. But if you want that technical quality, you play Wilds, in my opinion. So it is what it is, and the way the, the way teams are playing us at the minute, I play Lindsay because they're not letting us play football. So I might as well make it a scrap, which it is being, and we can't lo- we're losing it. Mm. Fair comment, really, that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was trouble with the pitches then. Go on, go on, mate. I was just going to, I was going to go on to their goal um, because that came from, um, that came from Ben Wiles being fouled, being pulled back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether he didn't get that foul because he's gone down so easily in, in the past or whatever. Um, it looked a foul to me. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. The free kick. I don't, I don't think it's as blatant as Warnie made out. I thought. I thought Possibly maybe it not. was a foul, but it wasn't a horrendous decision. It, it was, but the foul that the free kick came uh, from well, yeah. was the most blatant dive I think I probably have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it was just a literally it was a nine point nine, weren't it? It was just a Tom <laughs> Daly. Um, how the referee has bought that is. It's, it's I, 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 utterly beyond me. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's a moot point because you should have defended it anyway. Doesn't matter. But, you know, um, that, that was not a free kick in anybody's world. I think, I think as well with their goal, um, 
that's the reason. <laughs> it's the reason why a lot of people got upset. If they missed it or floundered the chance, or that free kick doesn't get given in in whatever context, we're talking about a nil-nil draw, and we've still got a point. Mm. Yeah. But the I think the fact that it went in in the ninety-fifth minute hurts a bit more. Mm. Um, and the last time that happened was again Wigan, I think. Yeah, Wigan about, yeah, it been, yeah. yeah, and look what happened since we played Wigan. We sort of found our feet again and cracked on a bit. Now, as we uh, hopefully, hopefully this is a smooth transition into talking about Lincoln. Uh, but Lincoln also lost in the mm. added time right at the end of the game to Cambridge. Uh, after beating Sunderland three uh, one, so and then we and then we're playing them on Tuesday, um, and you know against Cambridge that was a team that Lincoln on paper should really be beating, um, but it's just that thing if you expect to beat a side in football nine out of ten times you won't because that's the wrong mindset to approach yeah. a game. Yeah. Like foot foot granted in the Premier League probably nailed on that Man City are going to batter Norwich. <clears throat> That, that that that's effectively nailed on because of the nature of the league. But in League One, you don't really want to uh, nail your colours to any sort of mast on beating a side because generally you won't do it. And I think that links back to Fleetwood. A lot of people's issue with that was that everyone was thinking we should really have beaten Fleetwoods. Um, but that's not a given in League One. Anybody can beat anybody, as proven when Lincoln played Sunderland and when Lincoln played Cambridge because they lost. Yeah. Yeah, we we the only thing only missing from our game this season is late goals. Um, mm. We've not had any of those mm. ninety plus goals. I don't think this season, um, which is normally a staple of a promotion winning team. Uh, look, we've got another half a season left, so it's time to that to. And we know this this is the time of the season our fitness levels normally tell on other clubs. Um, so that hopefully may come. I don't know, Ben. You're the sportsman in in, in, all, in all of us. What are your thoughts on uh, on the uh, on that? What I've just said about late goals on what. That there is none. Yes. But yeah, there's not been no late goals. <laughs> we, we haven't been able to score. We didn't even look like okay. scoring yesterday. No. I think we can. Uh, if we're still playing now, we wouldn't have scored, would we? No. So we didn't even have a okay. shot in the second half, is what I can remember. We'll see, won't we? We'll see, won't we? Uh, in the hmm. next couple of weeks or next couple of months because. Like I say, it's coming to end the season and some players aren't as fit as our team. So, mm. yeah. I think late goals, uh, I also think late goals come down to a lot more than just fitness. Comes, I think it's a 70% mid-game adjust, adjustments. Okay. 30%, 30% fitness. Okay. You don't know how the other team's fair. playing until the game starts, do you? No, we do. They they could change. It's about adapting to the game. To, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, let's move on to Lincoln City. As I mentioned, Lincoln City come to town on Tuesday. Unless there's anything else they must have mentioned from the Fleetwood game, we've covered a fair amount. I'm sure we've missed something, but happy to move on. Yeah. Take the silence as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. Get over it. Yeah, we, did. On to, we on won't. Yeah. Easy as. On to the next, which will hopefully be a win. Like I said, Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln come to this, come to town on Tuesday. Um, that was the start. Uh, you talked about symmetry, Danny, after we lost to Accrington, with it being Lincoln. Uh, we lost to Fleetwood, and we're playing Lincoln yeah. next on a Tuesday night. Um, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we've got to use it. We've got to. We've got to be positive. If there are any changes, we've got to be positive. We're at home. They've just lost. We've got to step back up, really. 
Yeah, I think now is when you show your bottle as a promotion contending size, it's not necessarily how you lose a game, it's how you react to losing a game. Mm. Um, like, like we said before, we, we, we played Fleetwood, lost rather badly, and then played Lincoln, and it was a very good reaction. And Lincoln were kept in it through some very good saves from Josh Griffiths. Now, we've just lost to Fleetwood, arguably badly, played a little bit better than last time, but arguably still lost badly from taking the fans' reaction outside the ground into, into contact anyway. Um, but yeah, Lincoln coming in, like we said, they've just lost to Cambridge in the 91st minute, I think it was, when Ironside scored. Um, so yeah, it's our turn to react now. You know, they've obviously shown a, a, quite a bad reaction in winning over Sunderland at the Stadium of Light by losing to Cambridge. Uh, so now it's our turn to react positively to losing to Fleetwood and hopefully taking advantage of it. Because I, th- <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, like, tempt fate with this or anything but if we play badly against Lincoln I have no idea what's going to happen outside that ground especially with the <laughs> uh, the exit strategy that's still in well, place um, so we'll, also it could be chaos coming out of the ground if we play badly but I don't think we will to be honest I think because Wal- Paul Warren is the man motivator manager that he is he will gear the side up quite massively for Lincoln um, and I just pray for a positive performance which I think mm. probably will happen Maybe. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> um, interesting to see how we're going to set up, Will, because we know Grid came off. We know JJ come on, maybe they have the impact he wants. The question's Freddie, really. Um, Paul Warren said in his post machine yesterday that he may well use Freddie on Tuesday. He may, he may well start Freddie on Tuesday. Now, I personally don't believe that for a <clears> second. Um, where, what's, your, what's your attacking tool looking like on Tuesday, if you were to pick? It's a, it's a good question. I think, to be fair, Warney was was just trying to push the point that he would be happy to use uh, Freddie yeah. in, in a situation. I think the, the whole thing about him starting Tuesday might be a little bit of an exaggeration of the point, if I'm honest. Um, for me, I mean, Griggy's played for for 45 minutes, hasn't he? so we should be all right to start him. I would start him with uh, with Smudge. Um, from, from a Lincoln point of view, uh, I've just done one of their podcasts and it sounds like there's... A lot of change in the camp. Um, they don't have a centre-back at the moment, so they've been playing their left-back and right-back at centre-half, centre, centre half, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they've uh, Their uh, left-back will be uh, someone called Bramall, uh, who used to be at Arsenal uh, as a youth player. He is on FIFA, which is not the best way of uh, <laughs> on, uh, measuring these sorts of things, quicker than Chio. So okay. I'm told that it will be a foot uh, uh, a foot race on that one. So interesting to see how that goes. Uh, no Liam Brid cut by the looks, so no defensive uh, midfield holder there. So they're going to go with Fiorini, the guy that scored um, scored uh, against us at their place, and McGrandles who had to to come off, and I'd expect. Uh, Shawnee Maguire to uh, to be pulling those strings in the ten slot. So very very keen to still continue to to adapt that uh, Appleton philosophy. Uh, we'll play. Uh, we'll pass the ball for fun. They've got Scully back uh, on the left hand side, which will be fun for us. Uh, and they've just signed Morgan Whitaker as well, uh, who was at Derby and Swansea. Uh, and Liam Cullen, who made his uh, his league debut uh, against us last season uh, for Swansea. So, um, look, 
they've got options. Um, I believe they've got, they're trying to get another striker in before the game as well. So, um, tough game. Uh, they're again down there at the moment um, towards the bottom of the table, which if you look at their squad is probably not a, a reflection as to where they need to be, but it also means that they're going to come here and they're going to scrap for their life. And if that keeper turns prime Manuel Neuer again, uh, <laughs> as we saw at their place, could be a difficult uh, evening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, we were so close to getting three points at their place, but not to be. Um, Russ Vernon asked a question, Mick, which I'll, I'll put to you. Maybe the transfer situation with the Football League is playing a part on our squad and management. Fred Adapo, I mean. Fred and the rumours coming in, uh, which we should quash one room. We, I assume everyone's to Paul Ward. The Stockton rumour was nonsense, as expected. Um, shock everybody. Um, but Paul will mention, Mick, that it is having an effect maybe on him a little bit. And this, I don't know, I, I find that a little bit frustrating. That I know he's a human and things can affect you, but it's, it's a transfer window. We all know what transfer windows are like, and I wonder if it's affected him too much. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, he's not happy about the Freddie situation and the fact that Freddie's put the, um, the transfer request in. Uh, uh, it's maybe has affected his, his his thought processes. I don't think it's affecting what's happening on or off the pitch. Uh, I think we're just looking for excuses there, in my view. Yeah, the the fact that we didn't play particularly well yesterday, we haven't played particularly well for the past six or seven games, possibly a little bit longer, long before Freddie put a transfer request in. You know, I don't think anything's changed. Certainly, from a from from a from a, a kind of first team footballing point of view, a game game point of view, you know, maybe it maybe it has a little bit of a of an influence on 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 what's happening. But it's, I mean, sort of the rumor side of stuff is just nonsense, and they know yeah. that rumors are rumors, and they know that the rumors are nonsense. So I don't know. I mean, we, we I don't know what I don't know whether we're clutching at straws here because because we're on a a really bad run of losing two in 25 <laughs> or um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why we're worrying. I don't, I genuinely don't. I'm the one who spent the first half of the season saying, look, lads, calm down. Everything. It's a long season. You never know. You never know. It could happen. It might not happen. It might happen. We're doing well, but let's not count on chickens. And then we lose two games. And all of a sudden I'm positive one. It's like, <laughs> what's going off? They could, listen, yeah. there's all sorts it's of stuff swing facts, isn't it? You said two, two losses in 25. You could also two, want two wins in five for a team that's trying to chase a title, essentially. It's so not, though, it, is it? It, it, it it's depends not, though, on, is it? Well, it is. But it's right. two wins in five, isn't it? Yeah, and one of them one is loss in one and all, isn't it? You know what I mean? Let's come on. It's, it's yeah, that but this, is, this is the point, isn't it? It depends which side of the fence you're looking at to say, oh, we're in a decent, good run of form or whether we're in a bang average run of form. Why does it decide what, what what side of the fence is there? There's a Rotherham United side, <laughs> and that's a half, it. It's a positive or negative. You could put, in, put you, I can't run. You could put a positive and a negative spin on either side of it if you wanted to. You could. Well, you should, I, don't I don't know why you want to, but that's why no, people well, exactly, would look at the recent recent form and say, right, well, only two wins in five and one rip. Let's not let's not look for excuses. These people are running our football club. Know exactly what they are doing. Yes, they, do. they are going to make mistakes. They are definitely going to make mistakes. However, they know what they are doing. And, and if, 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 if ever in the history of this football club, 
there, there was a, a group of people that we could trust with the custody of that club. These are the people. Mm. So get off the back, support the club. There you go, everybody. Nailed it. <laughs> That's getting clipped for Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Ben finishes off. We're going to preview, well, obviously, preview in Lincoln game. Uh, I'm sorry, ref, ref watch before we start, before we get Ben. Andy Haynes, he refed us against Wimbledon. Uh, he booked Victor for time wasting. That's the only thing I remember from him, really. Uh, pretty early on. So. Um, ben, how much change are you making? I know Saturday was below par. We've talked about ideally keeping Grigg in. Um, would you like to see any other changes in the team based on what we saw on Saturday? Uh, uh, I can't tell you. Sorry, have, have, I just, have I just woke you up? No, <laughs> you haven't woke me up. You haven't woke me up. And I've been listening. I'm, I'm, you haven't. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how Lincoln plays, so I don't know who. To, I wouldn't know who to play. It all goes on your opponent, so it's kind of impossible to predict. Um, but if you're going just from a on paper perspective, I mean, same team really. Why change it? I, I think I think um, when we come on to do the preview of Lincoln, it's best to know like at least what formation we're <laughs> playing. Because I've, it, it took me all the five minutes, well, five seconds, to look on BBC Sport. I know they play, oh, okay. they play, they play four, they played four four one one against Cambridge. Like with really? what Will said, yeah, with with Maguire in the number ah. ten position, um, right. and. Like, like you said, I think to to keep the same team as against Fleetwoods, I think in terms of what people have thought with um, with Rathbun and Wales, maybe chuck Lindsay in, you know, give him mm. a start as well. Um, I think to swap Vickers and Johansson would, I, I don't know, it, it don't seem it right strange. to swap Vickers out. It was strange because Vickers starting, I didn't really understand that. I thought Vickers, yeah. I thought Victor was our league keeper. We hadn't even chance to cover that really. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because Vickers did well against QPR, other than the penalty shootout, but that's a different side of football. In terms of yeah. the 90 minutes and the 120 minutes, Vickers did well against QPR, so that's sure. probably why he stayed in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I think Vickers could probably keep his shirt. I don't think the back three was necessarily poor enough to change it in such a short space of time. I mean, I can, I can only really see Lindsay coming into midfields, potentially, and maybe Miller for Ferguson, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, but Ben, we need, we need to start looking at formations at least before we come on podcast, lad. <laughs> I know, but you say that's their formation, but is it? That's what Live Score said or whatever it said. It's impossible to say. I don't know who their main man is. I don't know their tactic. I don't know what their manager likes to do. I know, but I what, what I ask you, what I mean is, let's concentrate on us. We are the better team. Yeah, but you don't win. We may lose the game. We may lose the game. We are the better team, so let's if we're to dictate the game, which I think we should be doing with the position we're in, because what I mean by that is, how would you see us dictating the game? What, yeah. what, what would but how would I see us dictating their game? By exploiting their weaknesses. That's how you dictate games. You don't... I don't know. The same team. Because the same team, in my opinion. Because that's on paper, I feel like our best team. Okay. I agree. I agree with that. I, I, I think, you know, if you're going to dominate... <laughs> If, if they're going to come and try and play football, which is what they try to do quite clearly, the team that we put out on Saturday is a team that has, that has swept <laughs> aside just about everybody who came to New York Stadium that tried to play football. Hmm. So I would, I'm, I'm 100% with that. Sorry, I know I jumped in there, but... 
still three. Um, Thank you. Righty, it says Vickers' distribution was awful yesterday, which is a fair point. Um, but he's all, all everything else he did pretty well with. Uh, I'd like to see Miller if fit. He gets in more around position the left hand side, which is also a midfielder for fans. At least I'd like to see him on bench to go as that a little option, other option. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything saying he wasn't fit. I know he trained all week, so it was strange not to see him on the bench. And hopefully, sadly, is fit enough for the squad because, again, it's another attacking option. Um, cool. Uh, anything else anybody wants to cover? We've gone long on time, as always. Uh, no, I think, um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we're all right. <laughs> Perfect. Anybody, anybody, anybody else want to jump in? No. Ben, I saw you putting some moisturiser on your hand. Do you want to tell everybody what you're putting on? <laughs> uh, I ain't got the... Oh, I ain't got the actual sure. cream. Uh, I ain't got the actual cream. I've got it in my old tub. Um, okay. So, unfortunately, I, I can't tell you. I mean, this video is sponsored by Epimac. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, right. How can you read that? Because it? I because, because I got prescribed it from the expert and it did not oh. work at all in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so just compare moisturisers. Uh, I use Dual Base. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what I used. I went to get some more Epimax, but um, they've sold out, so I've got some else. <laughs> That's quite decent, to be fair. I thought oh. I noticed the difference. Listen, I'm on a podcast here with men talking about shaving the balls and moisturising. <laughs> what has, there is no wonder people can't take losing, is there? It's the 2020s, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> they need 20% off Manscaped using this code. Do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Yes, uh, Manscaped, if you use good NYT, you get 20% off. And also, for anybody watching live, if you can go onto our Twitter page, you can go to Matthew J. Haywood's Prince. And you can get twenty percent off there as well by using the code the Millers. Uh, so go on Twitter because uh, we gave one away on Friday. Uh, I can't remember who won. It, I'm really sorry, but it, it's a really nice print to be fair. Um, so thank you all for watching. If you're on YouTube, make sure you've subscribed. On Facebook, go over and subscribe. Uh, if you're watching, listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you follow and subscribe. And if you can give us a five star rating in any of those places as well, we would appreciate that. We'll be back on Thursday where we'll be looking back at Lincoln City. And looking ahead to Cheltenham Town come to, to come to the New York City on Saturday. Um, Lewis Oldham will be with us on Thursday. So yeah, that's exciting for everybody. We're look, really looking forward to have Lewis back on the show for, for the first time in forever, to be honest with you. So it'll be good to have Lewis back with us. Uh, ben, you won't be back with us. So it's been a pleasure. No, no, no. Hey, thank back you. Back in London, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world's biggest um, construction site. Uh, world's biggest, yeah. World's biggest awful place to live in the world. <laughs> awful dominated okay anything else I've read no let's move on let's finish let's finish it's been teenagers um <laughs> Vic it's been a pleasure as always thank you for coming it's been nice to see you Danny thank you very much uh, do you have a vlog out tomorrow Danny vlog out Monday yes yes it'll be out Monday Monday morning Keep have you had it checked by police Danny first just to make sure that there's no evidence in it um <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll self-assess and then we'll go yeah. from there. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it's a pleasure. We will see everyone again soon as well, mate. Thank you. Cheers, guys.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.